Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the Pikachu to my ash, Tony. Say hey, Tony. Pikachu. Hey. <laughs> hey, it worked. One. And it worked as subscribe. Yeah. We are here. It is a Tuesday night, and we're ready to bring the news to you, the we are. But before we get going with the pop culture news, let's go ahead and get into our shameless plugs. It's shameless plug time. Citizen these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Money's always cool, Chris. I like it. It is Always cool. Speaking of money, give us we would love if money. <laughs> okay, really. Yeah, we would love if you donated to my dog rescue nonprofit, Rough Riders. Uh, you can find us at roughriders.org. We are a northern Nevada-based dog rescue nonprofit. We go out and pull dogs from uh, kill shelters, both in the rural areas of Nevada and then all along up. Uh, the uh, West Coast. We are currently raising money for a uh, van fleet, two commercial vehicles that are upfitted to uh, move more dogs at any given time and uh, always looking for donations there. Uh, in addition to Tito's Handmade Vodka, who has uh, uh, committed to donating $10,000 to the next $10,000 we raise, we're working on something that could be very cool and uh, give us uh, a lot of exposure. But until then, still need your donations. So uh, if you want to learn more about that, go to roughriders.org forward slash transport, or you can go to our uh, Facebook or Instagram pages, uh, Whatever it is, Facebook, Instagram.com forward slash Rough Riders Saves. That does it for my shameless plug. What about your shameless plug, My Tone? shameless plug is the same every week, Chris. It is. I'm talking about the little movie segment I contribute to on Jimmy Jones' show, Pop Culture Kaboom. You can listen to Pop Culture Kaboom 
um, every Sunday night from 7 to p.m. Pacific time. You can you can stream it live on KMBC.org, or you can tune into 95.1 FM, Carson City Community Radio, if you're in the northern Nevada area. Jimmy KNVC. KNVC. Jimmy talks everything from pop culture cons, uh, toys, comic books, movies, books, you name it. Um, if he's into it, he will discuss it. Um, actually get a lot of insider stuff. He interviews a lot of indie book writers, comic book writers, movies, uh, directors, things of that nature. So as he says, everything you want, everything you need, Jimmy Jones, pop culture, kaboom. Definitely well worth the check out. All right. Well, that does it for our shameless plugs. Let's start out the way we do every week when it comes to the stories that we cover with uh, TV news. Bazinga. You know what's funny is I just heard for the first time in that little montage that you do the oh no I never heard that before never picked yeah, it one up one of these days I'm gonna I want to come up with some alternative ones eventually and that way we have different intros uh, every so often. Yeah, no that'd be I'm glad fun. You picked that up after all this. Yeah. I think he's a macho man. <laughs> the cream of the crop. No, I definitely got that like one. Everyone did. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so, in TV news, of course, the biggest news probably of the year is that Disney Plus finally dropped. It is in homes all across the world and it uh it definitely doesn't disappoint now it took me a little while to get on i was one of the lucky ones who uh am a verizon unlimited customer recently switched of course when we recently switched we didn't set up our my verizon accounts yet and so we had to figure all of that out before we could even get into the disney plus app now once we did very happy with it uh my fiance has been utilizing it more than I have. And uh, we have come across some of the strangest shows and movies that we honestly haven't seen in forever. The first night we got it, we watched Return to Oz, a movie that I haven't seen in like 25 years, uh, partially done uh, in conjunction with the Jim Henson Company. And it's on Disney+, Plus, but it's almost a full-on horror movie. It is weird and trippy and you know this little girl this you know dorothy who's a fruza bulk she was in the craft oh, okay. and uh, water boy she's dumped off at this mental asylum it's it's messed up well worth going back and watching okay. but uh messed up yeah i was gonna say on my first day i watched uh, an episode of the simpsons and they actually had uh male houses if you go to uh season 30 uh, Milhouse's parents got a little hot and bothered and had sex, so it was a little weird that that made Disney Plus. Um, yeah. I have not found the elusive Nazi Donald Duck episode. Oh, is it in there somewhere? It's in there. No. Oh, no, okay. Uh, Mike, a loyal listener, Mike, who's in Disney World right now, who probably will not chime into the show. You lucky son of a gun. Um, he had, he has the episode downloaded, so I've seen it. It's very uh, interesting. Very weird. The one thing that we did watch the other night that I was pleasantly surprised to see was Willow. 
Willow is a movie that uh, for a couple years, you can't find it on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, if you go on Amazon, it sells for like 300 bucks. Really? We f- yeah, we finally found it on YouTube. Obviously, it wasn't a legitimate version, but it was in the old like VHS quality, so it was terrible. Now it's in high def, and that movie holds up. That was a fun I got to watch that. I mean, shoot, we're friends with Val Kilmer now. I mean, we practically were within striking distance. I'm sure, much like how Taylor <laughs> Swift and Chris Jericho are friends of the show, Val Kilmer is now a, a friend of the show. So we'll check that out. Yeah. Yeah, so Disney Plus has been a lot of fun. Now, Tony talked about uh, The Simpsons, and uh, we did watch uh, a few of the very first episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, Very crudely drawn, obviously just came off of the Tracy Ullman show. Uh, Still funny. Still very, very funny. It made it to Disney Plus, to be honest with you. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I would have expected Hulu out of it, but whatever's. <laughs> so, but uh, when you watch it, it's like watching it on uh, network cable now. Uh, it's at the 16.9 aspect ratio, which is the widescreen. If you're watching this, is very similar to what we're at. Uh, but the first 13 seasons, sorry, 19 and a half seasons were actually done in a 4-3 aspect ratio. Um, obviously, flat screen TVs weren't out when it first came out. It was, you know, the, more the box TVs and almost a perfect square. Um, and, you know, there, there's something to say to that. A lot of the retro gaming systems now, uh, you know, you can put to that 4-3 aspect ratio and, and, you know, get a little nostalgia. But uh, Disney has said that uh, in early 2020, they will give uh, viewers the option to watch those first 19 and a half seasons in either the 4-3 original aspect ratio or the 16-9 as it is right now. Um, Thoughts on Uh, that, Tone? I don't know. It doesn't really bug me a whole lot, but it's cool that there's been enough backlash and feedback on it that they're going to go back and do it. So I think that's great that disney is listening to the listeners and subscribers um did you know randomly that they're uh taking out or they took out the michael jackson episode yeah, did they really they didn't put it in <laughs> that's all i wanted was just that thank you <laughs> i thought when it said woo i thought it was going and, and it keeps going yeah, geez, but no so they took out that yeah. episode where uh Use the mental patient, and uh, the reason why they took mm-hmm. it out is because that bad uh, documentary, Surviving Neverland. So Disney didn't want anything to do with MJ, which is weird because wasn't he Captain uh, EOS? Captain EO, so, yeah. yeah kind of random. Yeah, and you get the Happy Birthday Lisa yeah. song. You don't get that in the Disney Plus version. Not so much anymore. <laughs> and of course, you know, aside from. Every episode of The Simpsons minus that one. Uh, the biggest draw to getting Disney Plus right as it launched was uh, The Mandalorian. The Star Wars series, um, executive produced and uh, overseen by John Favreau. The most expensive television series to date. And uh, got a chance to watch at least the first episode. I know you've seen the first two, Tony. But... Uh, I I really enjoyed it. It was a little more humorous than I expected it to be. I thought uh, it was going to be more of a serious Game of Thrones dark tone, 
but I think the humor worked. Um, I like Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian. Uh, don't quite understand a lot of what's going on quite yet, but of course they do that just to sort of set the stage for episodes to come. And then, uh, you know, at the, the final scene of the first episode, no real spoilers here, there is the uh, bounty hunter bot that he teams up with that I thought was hilarious. I thought that was the I best part of the whole show. I got to self-destruct. No, quit trying to self-destruct. I have to self-destruct. Do not self-destruct. Um, a lot of people liked him up until the very last moment. Yes, yeah. But we won't ruin that no, for you. No. Um, I got to say, yeah, I've watched both episodes and no spoilers. You don't want to ruin it for anybody, especially Chris hasn't seen episode two. Um, nope. With a little hint. I don't know if the name shows up there or not. Other side. Is Other. it on there? It didn't stop on my There screen, you go. So yep. I'm guessing. So. <laughs> Possibly. Um, and Our eagle-eyed yeah, fans. Eagle fans will catch that. But there, there is a cool thing. Um, I thought, I thought it was really well done. I like how he sit, you know, how he caught the bounty guy, and the guy's like, "I don't think I'm going home today." You are either. Throws him in that carbonite. Oh, that was that so cool. cool. And, and the, what I really like about this show and what makes me excited about Disney Plus is, man, they kind of stick it to you like a real old school TV shows where you have to wait till next week to see what the hell is going on. There is no binge watching unless the whole season goes. So yep. fans of binging episode after episode, you're going to have to wait. It's only released once a week. so. Um, and I kind of like that. I do too. Because it gives you the freedom to go back and watch some other things. Like, you're like, okay, well, I'm caught up on Mandalorian. Maybe I can go check out this show. Um, so there's some really neat shows on Disney+. Plus. Did, did you get a chance to watch The World According to Jeff Goldblum? Watched a little bit of that. Um, the fiancé wasn't totally into it. but uh, So we switched off of that. Uh, watched a little bit of Marvel's Hero Project, yes. yeah. which was, was very good. Uh, and then I started watching the Imagineering oh, uh, documentary, yeah. which uh, people started coming over to the house about 15 minutes into that. And I had to stop it because I actually wanted to pay attention yeah, to what was going that on. That was a good show. I think I'm really excited to see what Disney Plus starts bringing to the table with all their uh, original shows. And man, if the Marvel shows are anything like The Mandalorian, worth the price of admission. Disney Plus so far... Very impressive, and because we had just met, uh, um, oh man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get crap for this. I doubt he watches the show, so it's okay. But uh, Brian, uh, Brian Cummings, Brian Cummings, thank you. Uh, I figure that's yeah, who you were talking well, I had about. To go but back and watch one of his episodes uh, from Ducktales, and it was it still held up well. So literally, my first night of Disney Plus consisted of The Mandalorian. The Simpsons, Aladdin, um, <laughs> the making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, some of Jeff Goldblum, and um, the um, imagine Imagineering. So um, it could suck you in for sure. Um, there's a lot of content. Uh, like I was telling Chris before we went on the air, I started with Aladdin, fell asleep, and then later at some point it kept playing to whatever the next movie was, which was The Little Mermaid. So I woke up in the middle of the little mermaid so. don't lie you wanted to watch the little mermaid i, I did not <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, at launch, a lot of a lot of shows, a lot of movies. Um, I mean, I just took time to scroll through everything. There was one that I came across that is one of those like made for Disney movies that always sort of sat at the back of my head in uh, during Halloween time. And I never remembered what it was called or what it was. And I came across it when going through and it's called Mr. Boogity. <laughs> what? I I, did, I haven't watched it yet because I'm afraid that it won't uh, live up in my mind the way I remember watching it as a kid. But uh, I remember it being like a legit kind of scary uh, Disney movie for kids. Who the hell is Mr. Boogie? I've never heard of this. I have no idea. <laughs> but I came across it. So, uh, yeah, lots of stuff. Now, the question is. What's next for Disney Plus? What's coming out soon? And uh, the good news is we've got a whole list of things depending on uh, you know what realm of the Disney uh, empire you enjoy. So uh, for us, obviously, the big thing is Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we've talked about a lot of the shows that are going to be coming up on that. Um, now we've got some roundabout release dates for when we're going to see those. Uh, the first MCU series is going to be the Falcon and Winter Soldier. That comes fall of 2020, so you have almost an entire year to wait. After that, you have WandaVision in spring 2021, Loki spring 2021, Marvel's What If summer 2021, Hawkeye fall of 2021, and then the most recently, whoa, don't know what that was. Uh, the I most dropped an article, article and then you got a beep. Ah, that makes sense. Uh, and then the most recently announced series, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. No release dates yet, uh, but actually, if you go back uh, last episode, we talked about uh, two of those Finding Head writers. So uh, there's those are going to start coming together pretty quickly here. Oh yeah, it's and it, and it's very good. Um, I like uh, too some of the features on Disney Plus. I don't know if it's if it's a major thing, you know, like on Netflix where you can set up and have your little icon for your own individual account. I really love that Disney Plus gives you, um, like you can pick from Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars, Disney, and all that, and those can be your little icons, so that's pretty cool. Yep. Ooh, I'm seeing the dreaded red bars on Tony's no, screen. No, don't say that. Let's just keep rolling. <laughs> the kids must be tapping in. Uh, when it comes to the Star Wars side of things, um, we have the Obi-Wan standalone Ewan McGregor series to look forward to. No release date for that yet, but we did report last week that it's going to start filming next July. Chances are we're going to see a Mandalorian Season 2 based on the success of uh, this one. And then there are three unannounced Star Wars projects, also obviously with no release dates at the moment. You know what would be cool? I'd like to see a Darth Maul one. That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. I don't know where... It would be cool to have Darth Maul as the main villain in uh, the Obi-Wan series. Oh, yeah. Because, obviously, with what happened in Phantom Menace... Oh, excuse me. Um, but then at the same time, we know he's still alive because of Rogue right. One. No, Solo, a, Han, so, uh, yeah, a Star Wars and story. And he was also in Clone Wars, too. So, you know, they follow the canon, so we know he's been around, which is good. He's a, he's a badass character. They got a really crappy ending yeah. in the first one. We were going <laughs> to ask him questions on the Proton Pack, but he totally didn't show up to read a pop culture. 
Yeah, apparently he was sick. He probably yeah. got wind that there wasn't a really big turnout at first, and he got scared. But he didn't show up the day <laughs> where there was a good turnout. So. Yeah. So now one of the uh, Marvel series that we talked about was uh, titled Marvel's What If. It is a animated series that uh, is part of the MCU. Uh, we know that it's borrowing voice talent from all across the MCU to return and play the actors that they played uh, in the movies. Uh, but it is animated and it is sort of alternative takes on storylines that we know and love. Well, uh, apparently, according to Jeff Goldblum, who obviously voices the Grandmaster um, from Thor Ragnarok, I'm surprised you don't have that. Oh, it's uh, there, but I, I, I didn't play it. Honestly, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to find the clear button in time, you know, the silence button. Gotcha. Well, uh, Jeff yeah, Goldblum was, is saying that. Because I added a few more buttons. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is saying that Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, Iron Man, will return to voice uh, the character that he played uh, for Marvel's What If. So we already know we're going to see him a little bit in the Black Widow movie. And uh, now we're getting word that uh, he's going to be in Marvel's What If. So uh, definitely not the end of Tony Stark, um, you know, with the snap. Yeah. I'm excited to see. I'm actually really jazzed to see the what if. I think concept's going to be cool. Um, again, one of those neat things that comes out. We just got to wait a while for it, which that's okay. And I was scrolling through our Facebook page, which, by the way, is facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. Speaking of shameless yes, plugs, man, feel free um, to chime in. Absolutely. Uh, Tony, you had posted something, one of the what ifs, which was uh, something about uh, um, if Iron Man either was part of the Afghan war or, or uh, was World War Two instead of. Um, yeah, he was uh, in if he had teamed with Captain America versus in the World War Two versus that, like, what would it have been like? And they should. OK. Yeah. Now, is that something they're planning on doing for the series, or was that just like a "we hope this I happens" think that might sort be of just thing? A, we hope that's what happens. So I think that's pretty far in advance. I don't think they would know. You know it's basically yeah. I know the Peggy Carter one. They alluded to what if she wielded the shield versus Captain America? So, and then she becomes her own superhero, which is uh, Agent um, Agent something. I don't have my information, so I that's that. okay. But that that was the premise of that for her. So, okay. Well, that does it for the Disney Plus news. Um, I mean, so is there anything we're forgetting in that realm? No, not really. I mean, you've got Pixar, National Geographic. There's everything for everybody. There's classic Disney. Um, there is Pixar. There's Disney Animation. There is everything from the disney afternoon era um star wars x-men spider-man fantastic yeah. four incredible the Hulk. only thing you don't get which we will cover later is is a certain movie franchise if you're a fan of but that is later in the at the end i don't know why we put it down at the bottom because it was a movie probably because it's a movie yeah, thing we'll talk about it then but there is one yeah. thing noticeably absent from that but i mean cartoon wise can't go wrong. I mean, they even included the Spider-Man animated series from Fox, which I didn't think they were going to do. Yeah. Which, what a cheesy intro, man. 
Yeah. yeah. But and I will oh, say I did watch X Men on day one too, and a um, lot of fun. But it's there's no X Men movies or Fantastic Four. None of those are on there. But the animated series are so. That's what I would have liked to have seen is the Pride of the X Men. You remember when they tried to do the animated series, but they only had the one episode, and uh, Wolverine had a Australian accent for some weird reason. <laughs> yeah. That would have been good, but it's not on there. And it's not. The animation was fantastic too, I guess. for that. A lot of fanboys are pissed because they put the episodes in. They're not in order. So when they're watching it, but also I don't know if I can just play devil's advocate there a bit, even on the DVD release or they, they didn't in particular air in order back when we were kids either, because the way the animation went where they had to send it to different countries Certain episodes came yeah. back before then, so sometimes storylines didn't really jive together. So I think that could yeah. just be more of that more than anything. And I think it was, I forget how many seasons total there was of the X-Men animated series, but for the final two seasons, they had two different animation houses working on it. Um, so that's where, as you mentioned, they would send it off. It would come back, not quite in the same order. But uh, actually, if you watch the intros, you can tell which animation house did which. Um, and one is definitely better than the other. Gotcha. I have to pay attention to that. Um, you know, believe it or not, I don't recall seeing every episode. So, I, I mean, I remember the first couple seasons for sure. But uh, by the time we got to high school and stuff, while it was still airing, I don't recall watching it as much. So, Well, now you can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving. Let's, a... Let's go, Bub. Yeah, there's a good drop. All right. Uh, next story is that uh, legendary pictures or legendary television in this case uh, has closed has closed a deal with uh, Frank Miller for a Sin City TV series. Now, uh, if you recall, there were two Sin City movies, uh, just Sin City and then its sequel, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. The first one was co-directed by Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez, and then the second one was just Frank Miller. Um, I We actually went back and watched the first Sin City maybe two weeks ago and it holds up it's a fun movie it was obviously before the big comic book boom. you know right, booms yeah. sort of happened you know it is a true r-rated uh um you know comic book series but uh yeah they are looking at bringing it to tv no words yet on which uh network or streaming service it will be on but uh frank miller has uh, sign that deal with legendary television. If I was guessing, if I if I were to do it, if it's going to be like a network television, I would definitely go AMC. Yeah. I think that would be the smart way to go because Preacher did really well on there. Walking Dead's done well on there. I think Sin City could actually thrive. You know, maybe not long term, but definitely for a little while. Uh, right. Or HBO oh, stars. Yeah, I was going to say HBO's great. Um, or even if you had to, Netflix would be fine because, you know, God, Netflix needs the properties. So, Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So if you're a fan of Sin City, uh, just hang tight. We'll give you more information as the TV series comes about. But uh, definitely a fun uh, couple of movies. Did you end up seeing A Dame to Kill for? I did. Probably about a year ago. I couldn't tell you much I, about I, it I aside from... 
Yeah. Aside from Eva Green. Let us know if you liked it or not. Not not quite as iconic as the first one, but still still holds its own. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the world of Netflix. Uh, Netflix has a documentary series that uh, we talked about early on on the Protam- Proton Pack podcast. Protan. brother. Yeah. <laughs> that goes back to uh, a little inside joke from the Reno Pop Culture Con when somebody, girl walked up and thought we were the Protein Pack oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I digress. Anyway, a uh, Netflix documentary series we talked about early on uh, called The Toys That Made Us. And the first couple seasons featured toys like uh, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Barbie, and of course, my favorite, Transformers. Well, now season three is about to come out. And uh, while they're featuring My Little Pony, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and the pro wrestling figures, they are featuring one toy line that uh, is near and dear to both of our hearts, but probably more so Tony, because this toy line is his version of my Transformers. Oh, yeah, we're talking. I I put all my pop figures away because I'm going to be relocating studios, but we're talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sorry, this is all I got for pop culture right now. Is that rubber band Michelangelo? Rubber band Michelangelo. You know, ex-girlfriend, um, her sister made it out of rubber bands for me. So I hold on to it. It's you know, it's pretty damn cool. You mean? And they were they were fun toys. I mean, they the original series of toys were good, and into the second season, and then probably you know season three and. And moving on, they came out with weird gimmicky versions of the turtles, and uh, yeah. almost every episode was like, "Here's a brand new character, so we can make a brand new toy." Yeah, I can remember from my childhood. I mean, you got to think back then when we we're kids. You, it's like we had to ask our parents to get these. Like if we we're adults, we'd probably be in trouble. I'd be buying all of them. As a kid, yeah. you got lucky, <laughs> but there was a lot of weird toys. Um, I think one of the weirdest ones I owned was. Uh, what is it, that muck man and ooze? It was that trash can guy, and he had a little alien, and he put goose out of his stomach. Um, yep. And then uh, there was wingnut and screw loose. That they were kind of weird. And then of course, like you said, the gimmicky Ninja Turtles, like undercover Donatello, with he had the little gun that said bang. And then uh, <laughs> Stewart surfing Mikey. That was one of my favorite action figures. Uh, they had the one where it was like a actual turtle and then you open the shell and you flip the arms and the heads around and then it turns into the Ninja Turtle. Oh, yeah. And you know what's weird, too, about those toys? I can remember uh, in my elementary school, like I had Rocksteady, but so did another kid. But his Rocksteady had a rubber head. Mm-hmm. And mine was a hard plastic head. Yeah, apparently the if you find the soft rubber heads of the first line of toys... Those are major collector Damn. items. If I could go back in time, because yeah. he definitely had the squishy head one. But uh, you remember, like, there were so many weird characters, like Pizza Face. That was a weird one. Yep. Mondo Gecko. Mondo Gecko, Gecko or uh, was it Ray Filet? You remember that was like <laughs> the space, the space uh, Raphael. And, mm-hmm. and I remember I had the Rat King that I stole from my neighbor, David. 
don't steal kids. It's not nice. <laughs> they did some crossovers yeah. too, weren't there? Like uh, wrestling versions. Those or... were the the recent ones. Oh, yeah, because okay. they had like, uh, or maybe they did back then. Oh, they know they did like a throwback one because they had an Ultimate Warrior or a Sting, a Macho Man Randy Savage, an Undertaker, I think a John Cena. Okay, but they weren't from. They were way past us, you know. But when we were kids, uh, Usagi Ojimbo, that rabbit, was a uh, was one crossed yeah. over. But I mean, when you think about the core original Ninja Turtle action figures, I mean, you're talking about the original, you know, Mikey, Donnie, Leo, Raph. You had April O'Neil, which was kind of a weak action figure. It looked just <laughs> awful, terrible yeah. looking. But what was cool is they all came with the little weapons, and you had to pry them out of this little plastic round thing and they had little uh, ninja stars you could clip to their belts and their belts came off and you could attach their weapon shredder looked weak he was all scrawny and just lame yeah just like <laughs> lame and purple and then uh, rocksteady and bebop were pretty cool and then they had a foot soldier that was like the original set before it got yeah. funky but uh and the vehicles were pretty cool too. I had the Rat King uh, ski doo thing, and um, oh man, the the pizza van, pizza van that, and the pizzas, and then you shot the pizzas out of it. Uh, my totally. friend Brian had uh, the turtle blimp, which I didn't have. Oh, the blimp, you know, but it was cool. No. He had the he had the blimp. He had freaking everything, man. I had the sewer playset. That was oh. awesome. And then uh, the coolest thing was the Krang body, you know, that was oh, massive. I never had that one. Uh, there, there was something missing. Cool. I'm also looking now. I'm cheating. I, I brought up a picture here, but they had Casey Jones. Um, mm -hmm. They had Ace Duck. I had him. He was kind of a lame-ass character. They had Baxter Stockman, the fly version. General Thrag, yep. the rock guy. Um, Leatherface, the gecko. Um, Genghis Genghis Khan was that, but but it was Genghis Frog. Yeah, yeah. And that metal head. Leatherface wasn't he a crocodile? No, that was uh, Leatherface. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's what I said. I'm looking at that second wave. I never had Krang. Well, Krang, if you bought him individually, he had like this little like robot legs. Yeah. Did you have like? And then I'd look at the next one where they had Pizza Face and. Um, mutant man, but they had Slash. I had Slash, and they had the the Triceraton guy. Um, I didn't have Fugitoid. Yeah, that's where I had Mondo, yep. Gek Mondo Gecko. And then I think it was after that that's when I stopped collecting them because all the other figures that came out, from what I can see, I never had those ones. They had some weird. They had a uh, moose, a Canadian looking moose. I remember weird. that. Never had that one, but. Yeah. Uh, definitely childhood so on a long ninja turtle rant tonight um i'm excited to watch um the toys that made us um i, I think maybe after the show i'm kind of interested in going to watch that one uh, now season three already out um, yes it is now available to stream on netflix and you know, what, well, there you you know go. what brought up this article really was i was on twitter the, the old twitter machine sorry as i take down the studio with my new <laughs> uh, I was. Uh, I started following Tara Strong after we met her at the Reno Pop Culture Con, which was an event. And now you can listen to episode forty. It just dropped today, and we're doing forty-one. So, 
There right. <laughs> there was a lot to edit yeah. together in that Kudos one, to so I apologize. Right oh, let me point this way, see. No, other direction. I can't do it. Nope. There, there. there you go. Kudos to that guy right <laughs> here for uh, editing all of that, because I complimented him. Like, oh, it didn't sound bad. He goes, yeah, a lot of editing. But anyways, I yeah. digress. Um, Tara Strong had uh, tweeted it because she taught, she has a segment on the My Little Pony one, since she voices one of the My Little Ponies, so... No, yeah. very cool. And you know, in the first season, sec, you know, second season, whatever it was, I actually watched the Barbie one, and that one was fascinating and weird. There was one person they interviewed, and it looked like they had like a naked flesh suit behind them, like they had skinned somebody alive, and it was lying <laughs> over a chair behind it. It was so weird, so weird, dude. That's strange. But. What show and invader sim i didn't i'm i'm sort of afraid to go back and watch it's not it bad. It's not bad. no it's no? the original okay. voices and stuff i mean so i mean if you're a fan of rocco's modern life it actually wasn't too bad okay and guess what tony you can watch rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles no 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 <laughs> but we may get the uh, cg um, animated one, which was the series before this, which was fantastic. Yeah, the CG one was good. You know what I would really like is um, I'd really like uh, the original Ninja Turtles if they put that on there. That'd be yeah. good. But as far as uh, well, some of the older, well, yeah, yeah, the old... one from the late, um, the early two thousands. Um, that one I never got to watch those ones. When I had really I was bad gonna... intro. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it'd be neat if they put some of like the old classic Nickelodeon shows, like Salute Your oh, Shorts. Yes. You can't and, do uh, that on television. Double Dare. Right. That and apparently... Ne- oh, totally. Oh, um, um, oh, the Agro Crag. What was that? Um, oh, come on. It was like American Gladiators for Kids. Oh, it uh, was... Uh... Uh, you sure that there was there was Fun House, there was can't do this, you can't do that on television, but I mean, game show wise, what was that one? It was like a physical, ooh, Double Dare, that would yeah, be a good one, but really uh, good. Ah, it's gonna hit me tonight at some point. But, you know, if you're fans of early Nickelodeons, like Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, all that, I liked it as a teenager, I guess. I mean, I don't I'd watch yeah. it. But it'd Did, be really cool to have some good just throw I mean they have a huge collection with Rugrats, Doug, Ren and Stimpy. Uh, oh Ren and Stimpy was way before its time. That show was raunchy, dude. No, sir, I didn't yeah. like it. <laughs> Had a lot of just dumb things that stick with you. Powdered toast yeah, man. Oh god. Powdered toast <laughs> man. What if I have a soundbite for that? Did you know Nickelodeon has a new version of Are You Afraid of the Dark out? I did. I had read that. I heard it was just okay. Oh, the previews for it actually made it look pretty creepy. I'd watched it with uh, not the show, but the previews with my boys. And it's like, eh, maybe they shouldn't watch it. Yeah, you're it. like, how about no? You're going to have nightmares. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, no, they're, Nickelodeon has a huge back catalog. And I mean, now that they really own the full rights to the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, I think they even own the rights to the old ones because when I was playing the arcade at Walmart today, because you can buy the pop-up there, um, instead of it saying Konami, it said Nickelodeon on it. So 
Right on. Yeah. I forget who uh, released the original. Was it Deke? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. I don't know if they were or not. I think they were because it would say that at the end. Deke. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Why do I have We Are I, the Little stuck on my head now? Really? Said All right. Deke. Yeah, oh. that's, that's just what I remember that. So, uh, in any case, staying in the realm of animation, but far from animation for kids, uh, on Disney, not Disney Universe, DC Universe, which mm -hmm. is obviously uh, Warner Brothers streaming service currently that airs all DC shows, movies, so on and so forth. The new trailer for the Harley Quinn animated series just dropped, and it is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And we shared that, so check out our Facebook page when you're done streaming watching this, um, and, and give it a watch. It's, oh, wow. Not for no, kids. definitely not for Absolutely kids. Absolutely not for kids. kids. Watch it. But for you adults that like adult humor, you're going to like it. It's very good. Uh, the other thing that uh, Tony and I were talking about just before the show is uh, I did a little research, and uh, when HBO Max is released, that's the HBO, um, NBC, not NBC, uh, Warner Brothers um, streaming service, they're going to be folding in all of the DC Universe into HBO Max. So you don't have to go out and get DC Universe as a standalone service. Just pick up HBO Max when it comes out, and you can get all of the DC Universe shows, plus the Warner Brothers shows, plus the HBO shows. Well, gonna it's going to be well worth it. Quite a bit more expensive than uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, though. that's okay though. Um, I see that being better than Apple TV. Like, have you taken advantage of your Apple TV for free yet? No, there's <laughs> nothing I'm really interested in watching yeah, on that. And especially with Disney Plus yeah, out now, no even less so. Either. No offense, Apple. I love Apple stuff, but I have no interest in that. But I'm very interested in checking out HBO Max now. Definitely have a reason to be interested in that. Absolutely. And uh, you'll recognize some of the voices that uh, are familiar characters in the Harley Quinn animated series. Yeah. Kaylee Cuoco is uh, Harley Quinn, obviously. Penny. Penny. <laughs> Alan Tudyk, who uh, was just at the Reno Pop Culture Con, he's going to be the Joker. Yes, and he's another friend of our show. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Lake Bell, Poison Ivy. Oh, I like Lake Bell. That's a good Lake. Diedrich Batter is back as Batman. He voiced him in uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold and did a great job. It looks like he'll be doing great in this one as yeah, well. I'm excited. Christopher Maloney as Commissioner Gordon. Lieutenant Stabler. Yeah. And J.B. Smoove as Frank the Plant. Oh, grow them up. I'm J.B. Smoove. Smooth like your booty. And, and that actually premieres in 10 days from now. So November 29th on DC Universe. If you already have the streaming service, uh, that's where you're going to watch it. Or if you wait till HBO Max comes out, you can catch it there. Good news, everyone. You know what I was just thinking and after I played that, right before I played that sound clip? There's no Futurama on exactly. Disney Plus? I thought the same yeah. thing. I get that Enchantment's not going to be on there because it's not a Fox property, but right. But uh, Futurama was. That would be a good, and that would be a great show for Disney Plus. Futurama's fantastic. 
That's a show you can go back and watch any episode and they hold up. They're so Huge funny. Great. Huge fan of that show. Yep. All right. Well, thank you all for sticking with us through the TV news. We're going to move. There really was. We're going to move over to movies and uh, kick it off the way we do every week with the weekend box office report. So loud. So loud. All right. In the number one spot, if you uh, listen to Pop Culture Con, uh, not Pop Culture Con, Pop Culture Kaboom, the show that we guest hosted uh, with our buddy Jimmy last week. Uh, we talked about a couple of movies on here, uh, but the number one movie was one that we talked about uh, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale in Ford versus Ferrari. Matt Damon. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Thanks, Christian Bale. Uh, opened with 31 million, directed by James Mangold. So if you are a pop culture fan, you'll recognize that name from uh, he directed Logan and uh, the Wolverine as well. Uh, apparently, the Punishers. Yep, the Punishers in it as well, John Bernthal. And uh, worldwide total so far is 52.4 million, has a uh, average Rotten Tomato score of 92%. It's doing well, and it's getting some Oscar buzz as it well. It looks awesome to me. I uh, almost got to see it last night, but ran out of time. Was hoping to see it today again. Time did not allow. Though, my uncle chimed into the show. He did see Ford versus Ferrari. He said, excellent movie. Definitely worth watching. And there was a new Star Wars trailer before it. So, finally. Oh. So, he said now he's more excited for Star Wars, but Ford versus Ferrari was awesome. Um, I've heard nothing but positive about it. And I, like I said, I really want to see it. So yeah. that looks like a thumbs up to me. Yep. Uh, in second place was last week's number one movie. It's the World War II. Roland Emmerich directed Midway, and it brought in a paltry $8.7 million, diving 51% from its last week's opening. So uh, not a great weekend for movies in general but uh midway at least held the number two spot yeah again another movie that your parents had said were was an excellent flick was very good had time yeah. to see it nor have i been a bad movie reviewer but uh, midway's on the list of movies to see for sure yeah there's four movies on this list that i absolutely want to see and number just don't have the time to well at least you yeah. can agree on this next one yeah uh opening in third place which ooh, I mean, yes, it was third, but it only opened with $8.6 million. We're talking about uh, the Elizabeth Banks directed and co-starred uh, Charlie's Angels reboot. <laughs> Do you know Elizabeth yeah. Banks was pissed off about this opening? Like, she blamed it on man-haters that just are anti-women films. Like, she tried to play that card is why it did bad. No, Elizabeth, that's not why it did bad. It chose to reboot a a TV show and a movie franchise, and it just didn't look all that great. Sorry. And I I actually enjoyed the two other Charlie's Angels movies that had uh, Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and Drew Barrymore. So you can't call it man-hating. It's just... Just, You just... The the cast, you probably could have called it something else, but, uh, you know, I do like that you had, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart in it, but... Thanks for playing. 
Well, and anything starring Kristen Stewart for me is just a snooze fest anyway, so. She couldn't even make it. Like, if she was in a Marvel movie, it probably would not be the best Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. Her acting is like dead behind the eyes acting. It's just, ugh. Welcome to my podcast. Today, we are talking about movies. (laughs) Today, my movie was number three. And Tony gave it a, and I was offended. Yeah, it'd be like that. So, I didn't know we had Kristen Stewart on the podcast. Hello, Kristen. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. In uh, fourth place was the John Cena Kitty Firefighter Comedy PG rated Plane with Fire. Uh, made just. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit less than Charlie's Angels with 8.5 million. Uh, actually had a few few good actors in it. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key. And actually had uh, um, Tyler Maine, who was oh, Sabretooth right. in the first X-Men and, movie. And it had Luigi, John Leguizamo in it. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh! Side tangent. Another movie we watched on Disney Plus that totally holds up, featuring um, starring Mario, Mario. was uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit with Bob Hoskins. That was a good movie. So good. Still holds up. And actually watching it as an adult, so much innuendo in there. Well, what's crazy, too, is the whole... was a real big thing back Disney characters and Warner Brother characters it meshed them so there was Donald Duck going to town on a piano versus Daffy Duck and I always thought that was really crazy as a kid yeah, apparently I didn't it was get a that. N- oh, okay yeah apparently it was a nightmare getting the rights but uh, they they got it figured yeah, out and that's also from the director of Back to the Future from Robert Zemeckis I actually kind of want to watch that so you should it's good all right Back to the box office report. In fifth place was the Wham-influenced holiday comedy Last Christmas with $6.7 million. Wham! Dude, I actually got out of that movie last night. <laughs> oh, lucky yeah, you. I roped into that one. Thank lucky you. She said she'd go see it herself then. <laughs> I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In sixth place was the is the third movie on the list that I still really want to see. Uh, The R-rated horror movie, Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. Ran around. (laughs) Uh, Made $6.1 million. Great bombing at the theater. How sad. It is. Last Christmas has made almost... More money than that, and that's bad. Hey, but you know what's not going to beat it at the box office? Charlie's Angels. That is true. Yeah. I, I, I next week. Next week, I see a huge fall for that oh, movie. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think it's safe to say there's only one movie coming out this week that's going to even be any contention, because um, it's the only movie we're covering on Pop Culture Kaboom. And that's Knives Out. So I got a feeling that's going to be in the top one or two. It just depends. Ford versus Ferrari may have the wheels to go another week. Yeah. Oh, it definitely will. Um, 
All right. Seventh place is a uh, movie I'm not familiar with called The Good Liar. 5.6 million uh, stars Helen Marin and Ian McKellen. Yeah, um, based on the trailer, it actually looks intriguing. I don't know about enough to go to the theater. Basically, he's like a con man that likes to rip ladies off and leave them and just kind of rob him blind. But then he ends up falling for her and then he turns into be a murderer. That's basically what I got off the trailer. Um yeah, that's something I'd want to see in the theater, but uh, it's two real good actors, so it definitely might be worth a watch. Yeah. In eighth place was Joker with 5.6 million. <laughs> that's not the right Joker laugh. But I know you got it there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, that was not it, but it says the Joker laugh. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's it's not on there, so pretty good oh, interpretation is, though uh, <laughs> and this week uh actually marks joker yeah it's and it's the first r-rated movie to cross one billion dollars worldwide wow that movie's wow when you look at all the movies like in the top 10 it, they literally, it's like 35 million, 25 mil, 22, 22, 322. It's like, yeah, quite a bit. Joker did way better in the box office than I think anybody predicted it to be. So Better than I expected. Good job to uh, Joaquin Phoenix and, um, and uh, Todd Phillips. So really good. Yep. All right. Ninth place was uh, Disney's PG uh, fantasy sequel, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, with another 5.2 million. Though uh, it's almost at a half a billion worldwide, so it's not doing no, too it would, bad. I wouldn't say a bomb, but it finally broke 100 mil. I had mentioned that in last week's box office report that I was surprised it hadn't broken 100 mil yet. but Domestically, yeah. But yeah. it finally did, so kudos to that. And then uh, rounding out the top 10 and... You know, I mentioned that uh, there were four movies on the top ten I wanted to see. Apparently, the fourth movie wasn't even in the top ten. I'm talking uh, Terminator Dark wow, Fate. Wow, uh, it was that far, huh? Yeah, it was beat out by the uh, biopic Harriet about Harriet Tubman. I was dominated by Harriet Winslow for Family Matters. Now I'm no longer <laughs> in the top ten because Harriet Winslow from Terminator. I mean, from Family Matters. She reported with Carl Winslow, and then they have a kid named Eddie and Laura, and then Steve Urkel. That Urkel always gets the best of me. Now I am terminated, and my franchise is in the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that tops out uh, the weekend box office report. Next weekend, Frozen 2. So apparently Knives Out is the weekend oh, after. Oh, gotcha. Then why the hell are we talking about that? I don't know, but Frozen 2 is going to dominate oh, the yeah. box office. And ladies and gentlemen, your number one film for the next foreseeable future, Frozen 2. Which, give me on this, you'll call it Frozen also, but I didn't understand why. So Maybe, maybe you guys can understand that. I did not. <laughs> All right, that does it for the box office report. Let's go ahead and go into movie news. Hit it tone. Yeah. Up. 
All right. All right. Yes. All right. The first bit of news is that uh, the Uncharted movie, based on the hit video game, is in talks with Mark Wahlberg to play Victor Sullivan alongside Tom Holland's Nathan Drake. Um, the funny thing is, I own this video game. It actually came with my PlayStation 4. I've yet to even see on it. No, you know what? Couldn't tell you. Because it came with Uncharted 4, right? Yeah, it did, you gotta yeah. like you gotta play Uncharted. Oh, okay. oh god! I'm still here. Audio's now, going. Just, there we go. Bear with me, Mark. My internet here at my at my casa in Denver is not running very quick tonight, so there's a lot of lag. I apologize. Um, but what I'm saying is, is the Uncharted. You got to go through the stories because you got to start with the first one to get there, and they're hella fun games. So. Now, do they play like the Tomb Raider, oh, the recent Tomb Raider games? Or? better than that. Fluid, good story, keeps you... Oh, man, the, the controls are real fluid. Um, no trickery, and there's a lot of puzzles, so it's very similar to Tomb Raider, but it's more accessible, more easy, and the story is just freaking awesome. So, um, the Uncharted, I, I'm with you. I haven't beaten Uncharted 4. I beat 1, 2, and 3, but not 4. But... Uh, and, I wouldn't cast Mark Wahlberg as Sully. I actually thought more, um, you are going to kill me because I just call him J. Jonah J- Jameson. Uh, what, what's the actual actor's name? <laughs> Trail blank there. Um, uh, <laughs> I put you on the spot too. Son of a, he's the guy that does the insurance commercials too. Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba. Why am I blanking I on his, on his name? name too? And it, I normally have him right, right on the tip of my I'm, tongue. That's why I thought you were going to kill me with that. But uh, anyways, I I pictured him more as a Sully. If you played the games, you would totally get it. And uh, I'm just going to cheat here. J.K. Yeah, Simmons. Thank you. Ah. J.K. Simmons. 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 Wow. And it's not even a late night show. It's not even. We're not broadcasting it super late. Right, but uh, and I'm not even drinking either. <laughs> and then for for those like myself who are unfamiliar with the game, uh, Sully is an American treasure hunter, fortune seeker, and businessman, as well as a friend, mentor, and father figure to uh, Nathan Drake. So, uh, not sure that helps much, but uh, you know, in my mind, I figure this is like uh, Tomb Raider meets National Treasure. Yeah, meets Indiana Jones. It's that's a good way to describe it. Um. But again, I would have put Sully as J.K. Simmons, and I think Tom Holland being Nathan Drake was a fine one. But you probably could have even got away with Mark Wahlberg being Nathan Drake, too. Well, and when I see the picture of Nathan Drake, I figure that's definitely Mark, Mark yeah. Wahlberg. So, you know, a little bit bigger in stature than Tom yeah. Holland. So, you know, we'll see. I'll reserve judgment until I see it and see some trailers. But um, if you fans of the PlayStation game, you guys are in for a treat because those games are pretty damn cool. So, Well, and speaking of reserving judgment, uh, we are now going to switch gears to another movie based on a video game. Uh, that is our trailer of the week. And it is the brand new trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Now... If you remember the first trailer that came out, and we talked about it a number of episodes back, there was a huge outcry in the way that Sonic looked. He was weird, had these uh, awful, like, human teeth and tiny eyes, and 
the color was not quite right. It was just off, it was, just it was weird. Creepy. So the filmmakers guaranteed they'd go back, fix it, which they did. And I think they nailed it this time. It's a chaos emerald. Okay, Sonic, thanks. <laughs> Tony's playing with his Sonic buttons. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the first trailer, I couldn't even tell you if the movie looked good or not, just because I was... It was scary looking. Yeah, I was just thrown off by the character design. Well, now that this new trailer has come out and they've absolutely fixed the character design, uh, they've brought in more of the uh, Jim Carrey, Dr. Robotnik uh, character. I, I think it looks funny. It's definitely a movie that uh, I'll take the boys to see. Oh, yeah. It went from completely unwatchable to watchable. They made Sonic look how they should. It's... Um, it's basically like what they did with the original Super Mario Brothers movie, where they didn't, where he just didn't look like Mario. I guess it's not no. not along the same thing, but I mean, I'm if you go to our Facebook page, you can see the comparisons, the link of what Sonic the man looked like or the weird character to what Sonic should look like, and now you, you're pleased with the look of it, and the movie actually doesn't look bad. Jim Carrey looks awesome as Doctor Robotnik. He's hilarious. Yeah. Looks freaking good, actually. So, and as a part of, you know, the redesign, they obviously had to move the movie back a little bit, but you don't have to wait long. It is going to be released. Hi, Mike Andrew, our first watcher tonight. Woo! All right. He's watching from Florida, <laughs> of all places. He's a Disney world and right he's on. watching our show. Thanks, Mike. That, that's weird. Our last show had a bunch of people on watching live maybe tuesday night's not a live action night yeah well we were shooting for sunday and that didn't work and then we sort of shot for yesterday and i was just beat i couldn't do it so today's the day and it's okay you'll listen it it all works it's all good but yeah man this movie looks it looks pretty good i mean yeah So, uh, as I started to say, uh, they had to push the movie back, but it will be coming out on Valentine's Day 2020. That's February 14th. Uh, So, if you've got little ones or you enjoy the the video game series, might be worth checking out. I also think it's smarter on their part because it was supposed to open this month, which would have just got throttled by Frozen 2. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it would have got annihilated. So, smart on their on their part to do it uh, in February, kind of the kickoff, what now seems to be like the summer movie season seems to kick off earlier. So not that I think this is a summer type movie, but I think it'll be a fun kids movie. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. All right. uh, Moving on over to the uh, superhero side of things. And now as I'm looking through this, I probably should have added it to the TV uh, news. But uh, the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony Russo, who um, obviously were the directors of Avengers Infinity War, Endgame, uh, all of the Captain America movies, except for the first one, um, and really sort of uh, made the MCU what it is next to Kevin Feige. Well, they have been tapped to do um, 
a series of documentaries on a new streaming service called Quibi, which uh, features short form. Uh, basically, each episode is going to be six minutes, and the show is going to be called Slugfest. And it actually chronicles the growth of comic books as a new American art form following the rise of the two companies that went on to become comics publishing and Hollywood powerhouses. Of course, that's uh, Marvel versus DC. And... Uh, a lot to tell there. I mean, there's, uh, if you know anything about the history, um, it is, it's strange and interesting. Yeah, Quibi uh, entering the streaming wars is not gonna, I I don't think gonna come come out big, but I really like this, uh, with this show. I'm, I'm definitely interested in this series. So something I definitely wanna check out. And as we get more information, uh, stay tuned and we'll be sure to pass it along to you on our Facebook page and we'll, be talking about it in future episodes so um and i've mentioned it in the past that uh, if you're a podcast listener obviously the first podcast you want to listen to is this one but after you've listened to the proton pack podcast go over and find a uh podcast called business wars and they did a six episode series of uh, marvel versus dc and it tells you the whole story, um, you know, the insights behind it. I have a feeling this will dive into that as well. Obviously, you'll be able to watch this, but super interesting. I like it. Sorry. And the, la the last one that I listened to through Business Wars was um, uh, WWE versus... Um, um, was it WCW? WCW, yeah. yeah. You gotta like that if you're a wrestling fan listening to that show those were in the late 90s that monday night wars those were awesome yeah they cover all of it which so was so cool and all that crazy stuff like to hear how close that vince mcmahon was close to losing his company and and how much that money and now you look at it now it's such a big thing i mean you see you could be watching fox you know on your nfl sunday and there's millions of advertisements for smackdown he was close to going to prison, yeah, too. Yeah, for steroids, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, on to the next story, which, again, Tony mentioned it earlier. Really could have been either in the TV or the movie segment. But, uh, you know, everybody knows the drama that's happened between Marvel and Sony as it relates to the Spider-Man franchise uh, starring Tom Holland. Uh, we had Homecoming, Far From Home, and of course, we're now going to get a third movie that's under the Marvel uh, insight. Um, but that does not mean that you're going to be able to watch them on Disney+. Plus Because they're still technically Sony movies, those are the films that uh, you won't be able to go back and watch all of your MC move, MCU movies in order um, because they just won't be there. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, again, this is that whole pain in the ass thing of the rights that Sony has. and it, the, the, It's great that he's in the MCU, but at the same time, Disney can't take full advantage of the marketing because of all the rights and stuff. So it's a bummer. But, uh, you know, that's why if you still buy, you know, digital films or, you know, the actual discs, at least you can watch it that way. But it is disappointing to know that Spider-Man, aside from the animated stuff, will not be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so uh, Marvel owns all of the uh, TV and comic book rights to Spider-Man, just not the film rights. And uh, 
Yeah, so if you want to watch Spider-Man, you got to go out and uh, either buy or um, or buy the physical or the um, digital version of it. And if you want to pick up the newest uh, Spider-Man um, Far From Home, you can get it dirt cheap on Black Friday at uh, one of the big box stores. So yeah. Nice, so good to know. If you need to collect that, there you go. All right. Uh, another story that uh, has to do with Disney Plus which is a TV streaming service, but also movies. Uh, we're talking Star Wars A New Hope. Well, uh, the Disney Plus version of Star Wars A New Hope has changed the Greedo scene again. Again? Again. There it is. So, yep. So if you recall in the original, it was uh, Han Solo that shot first. In the 1997 special edition format, they changed it to uh, Greedo shooting first, uh, and Han was more defending himself. Um, and of course, obviously, fans got really upset about that. Well, with Disney Plus, uh, you still get Greedo shooting first, but now apparently Greedo shouts out McClunky before getting shot. McClunky! And I got to go back and watch that now because I have no idea what that means. I mean, I'll, after the show, I might go drop a McClunky, but. Yeah, we might have to replace the Sherwood term to McClunky. <laughs> but I, I couldn't tell you the reason for it. Uh, nobody seems to be coming out on why they're doing that other than the fact that, uh, you know, they want to make their hero seem like a hero. But uh, there's no reference in Star Wars anywhere to what McClunky actually. I think I might be able to fire up a clip here. Hang on a sec. Ooh. How quickly can he pull it up? McClunky. So he doesn't really shout it out. He says it, but... It's a little exaggerated there. Right. And the funny thing is, you know, in those scenes, you get the subtitles, so you know exactly what he's saying, but apparently not from a clunky. It's a 14, 14 second clip, and it definitely does show him firing first. Yep. And when they digitally redid it, it was sort of like... I was, for lack of a better term, McClunky. <laughs> it's sort of clunky that they, what they did with Han and, and how they made it that uh, Greedo shot first. Yeah. What's funny, because they have Han, when I just slowed it down, Han just kind of, he just moves his head slightly, shot, done. Yep. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, you don't get the uh, Han shot first uh, version in, at uh, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> You know, I hope one day they put just the original unedited ones. I'd like to watch the original clunky versions just to see what's changed. Well, and even when they did the the special editions and they included Jabba the Hutt in A New Hope and he he looked weird and was sort of skinny. And when when they had Han step over his tail, like, you know, they just sort of took a cut out of him and went like, boop. Yeah, and it's just like, it would have been nice to watch it, it, how it was filmed, you know. I'm sure it's really cheesy looking today, but still would have been cool. It's kind of like 
Do you remember in the original Phantom Menace, they actually used a puppet Yoda and they went back and I do. his ass and they made him digital? Yeah. yeah. The puppet was pretty bad. It, it was. <laughs> oh, but I guess that does it for movies. We had a lot of TV stuff to cover, maybe not as much movies. We did. We did. Now, uh, we are moving on to our last segment. Uh, Thank which you for hanging in we, there. Yes. Uh, don't have much to cover in this segment, but uh, as always, it is video games. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? K-O. So the first bit, not really news, it's more of a review. Uh, we're going to give you a uneducated review of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, I doubt you've picked up this game on Nintendo Switch. No, Tony. we carry it at this uh, wonderful establishment that I work full time at. We did receive that the other day. Okay, but you 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 personally no, haven't picked it up. No, it got you know I I did not know. Okay, well Nintendo is known for making fantastic Pokemon games. Uh, I to be fair did have the Game Boy early Game Boy uh, Color. What was the red one? What was it called? The the red Game Boy the red Pokemon Game Boy. Was it just Pokemon Red and Pokemon yeah, Blue? Yeah, because it did colors. Um, yeah, and then uh, for the 3DS, and uh, my boys have uh, Sun and yeah, Moon. Yeah, you're right. Game Boy and, Generation uh, One Pocket Monsters, red and green, and then they had blue, red and, and green. then they had red and blue, then yellow, and I don't know what the hell the differences were. So I couldn't tell you either. But uh, they are RPGs, and uh, if you are a fan of sort of the classic RPG style. Uh, very good. As I mentioned, my boys picked up uh, Sun and Moon on um, uh, the 3DS, which apparently is a good game as well. And then most recently, Pokemon has uh, released for Nintendo Switch Sword and Shield. And again, I don't know the difference between the two different versions. Are they the same game with different characters? Are they two totally separate games where i work they sell it's one package it's a hundred bucks it comes with both so i don't know why you need both i don't really get it Um, reading the review here since i can't you know we wanted to make a mention of it this week only because in a video game world it's good to let you guys know the consumer or the listener if you're interested that this game is available and while I can't give you a personal review, and Chris can't, um, it's our duty to just kind of tell you a little about it. And, um, so basically, it says, Pokemon Sword and Shield are closer to a dream Pokemon RPG than anything that's come before. Um, the cutscenes are good. There's companion Pokemon. There's a Pokedex. Um, it's visually interesting wild area, um, but not very effective. But the time that is spent is apparently wonderful. You get to capture, train, battle wonderful creatures, and if you get if it gets repetitive, I guess you can breed Pokemon. So um, it actually got a nine point three on IGN. They gave it an amazing. It says uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield are the best games in the series, streamlining the most tedious tra- 
traditions without losing any of the charm. So um, it just says, you know, that it's a good game. So if you're out there and you're interested in it, uh, seems like the fans are clamoring that it's good. Nice. Sounds like it's well worth the pickup if you are a uh, Pokemon fan with uh, plenty of time on your hand and you don't want to wander out in traffic trying to uh, collect Pokemon on your smartphone. Yeah, well, now the Pokemon Pokemon Go is still like probably the most popular of the Nintendo mobile games. It's still going and it's making a ton of money. Everywhere, you know, everywhere you go, there's a Pokemon. There's exclusive ones they gotta catch. So. Um, as they say, got to catch them all. But uh, if you're a fan of Pokemon and you have a Switch, apparently this is one top game. I still recommend Luigi's Mansion for the Switch. That's what I would go get. But uh, you can't go wrong. The Switch has a lot of really good games. So, yeah. Nice. And then a, uh, another game that recently came out, and we've talked about it uh, leading up to its release, is uh, Star Wars <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, uh, released from EA and Respawn. Now, apparently the gameplay, the story, the graphics, aside from the character models, which we've talked about quite yes. a bit, uh, are fantastic. You know, uh, on IGN, they gave it a nine. Uh, apparently, uh, Cameron Monaghan, who was uh, the Joker, well, not the Joker Joker, but, but he awesome. was... I was yeah. wondering, because I was going to say in this review, he looks a hell of a like a hell of a lot like him. It's creepy. Yeah, apparently that's who plays him, and, and that's who they used. Um, but I, I, I still... Though, with the weird facial things, like when you're playing the game, it does take away. It's, it's definitely weird. Yeah, it just isn't up to speed with games like uh, uh, Modern Warfare and uh, Gears 5, just in the facial character models. And it's something uh, that we also talked about with the Square Enix uh, Avengers game that uh, is getting ready to release in the next uh, six months or so, that uh, you know, games have gotten so good that they can't afford to not have great character models. Now, apparently with this game, that doesn't matter because the gameplay is apparently fantastic. It is. Um, I did pick it up. I actually forgot I ordered it on Amazon a while back because you could get it 10 bucks cheaper. So I ordered it a while back. Um, I did receive it, played the first level. Um, give you the cons first. The cons definitely... Um, the graphics are great. Now, the character models, as Christian was alluding to, they're funky. They definitely look something straight out of PS3, Xbox 360 era. They're definitely better than PS2, um, original Xbox era. They are better than that. But it definitely seems like they took a game from the last gen and kind of remastered the character models where they're just not as sharp as they should be. And it's all the characters are like that. It's not just the human ones. Um, and now, with that being said, the gameplay is very fluid. The graphics and scenery around are beautiful. So when it's raining, you actually see puddles on the ground and you're running through puddles and all of that's legit. The hair's moving when you're moving. So the graphics are very detailed in that sense. Um, and the gameplay, like I said, very fluid. Um, learning how to use the force and utilize your uh, lightsaber, very, very cool. And um, the game plays, which you have not played it, but it plays like nope. Uncharted. 
How close is it to? No, um, great action. How close is it to the Force Unleashed? Very, very similar. Gameplay very wise, similar. okay. It plays a lot like that. It's, I would say, it's definitely a mixture of that and uh, Uncharted. Uh, yeah, okay. very good game. Definitely some puzzles. The thing, and and what's great is you have four options. You can play. Um, just story mode, which essentially is easy. Where that way, if you die, whatever. Because obviously, there's level, there's parts where you're going to die, but at least you can progress through the story and it not mess with you. And then you you can be Jedi Master uh, or Padawan, then Jedi Master. You can move up the ranks. But um, I gotta say, it's it, it's definitely a game worth picking up. It's it, I would agree with IGN's assessment of a nine. It's definitely the best Star Wars game I've played in a long time. It's not the most beautiful Star Wars game I've ever played, but it's definitely gameplay-wise, it's essentially the Force Unleashed 3, is what I would say. So if you're a fan of those All series, right. that's good. I, I hated how I just froze on the screen. I went... <laughs> and I just saw a, a quote that you can actually cut through doors with your lightsaber. Yes, you can. And what's great, too, is even areas where you can't cut with your lightsaber it totally hits it and you'll see burn marks from your lightsaber on there and they stick that's pretty yeah, cool yeah it's it's pretty damn good and it's funny that you said uh that camera monahan um is the base model off of it because i swear i was like he looks just like him and that's before i found out so i was like it's kind of weird but uh so far <laughs> the story's pretty cool and um i've like I said i've only played the one level i just got it the other day and um, don't have a whole lot of time to play these things, so I can't be as thorough as Mr. IGN, who gets paid to go through the entire game. You know, believe me, I would do it if I got paid to do it. So, but now is it is it single player only, or is there any co-op or, or uh, online? To my knowledge, it's just single on player. But, okay. Um, I, let me just double check real quick. I don't want to lead you astray, but from what I played, it was only single player. Well, I'm looking through and. There's no mention of co-op. There's no mention of online multiplayer, uh, which might actually be good. You know, if you want online multiplayer, you know, go pick up uh, the last two Star Wars games. Yeah, yeah, and those, you know, surprisingly, they still get played. You know what I really like? Like, I think this game is good, and it is just a single-player game. Right? Okay, but you know what's good is it is a good Star Wars game, and what I'd really like is. I like a good game like this, but give, go back and let's... They don't have to fall in the canon stories, but wouldn't it be cool to go play through like all the Star Wars like in a in a Force Unleashed type where you could actually play as you know Luke Skywalker again and get to just experience it and do it, even though you know how the story goes. I, I think it'd be really neat. That would definitely be cool. Well, folks... Thank you for hanging in there. It's been uh, about an hour and 20 minutes. A lot of news to cover. But uh, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. But we had fun. Hopefully you had fun. As always, check us out on our social media, facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast, on Instagram at Proton Pack Podcast. Tony will keep updating the Facebook page with more stories than we can even get to on this show and uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Give us reviews, chime in uh, and always, always, always subscribe, leave reviews uh, and get us anywhere that you get your podcast platforms. 
Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, so on and so forth. And as always, thanks for listening and watch Mandalorian Baby Yoda Rules. I am That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Honey, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.